It's Friday, March 29th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today was supposed to be the big day for Brexit, but the UK's big move out of the EU is not going as planned. We'll tell you all about the proposed deal that became no deal and why that's got everyone in a frenzy. And then we have liftoff. We'll dive into the rideshare's debut on Wall Street and why this huge move could have ripple effects. And finally, we're highlighting our last woman of the week for Women's History Month. You'll want to get out your tissues. We're here to make your Friday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is presented by H&R Block. Skim this makes your evenings smarter. H&R Block makes your tax season smarter. They decode taxes like we decode the news. And they've got your back, however you choose to file. The most complicated story today is about Brexit. We've been talking about it all week, and people have been talking about it for years. Everyone's had today's date circled on their calendars in big red marker. Friday, March 29th, 2019. It's the day the UK was supposed to walk out on the EU for good. For the Brexiters, it was D-Day, as in Divorce Party Day. For Remainers, D-Day, as in Doomsday. But D-Day didn't happen. That's because British lawmakers couldn't agree on a deal with the EU on how to leave. So we're going to get into how they got here and why no deal is such a big deal, what it means for the EU and the UK from a bird's eye view, and what it'll mean for people who live there and for us. So how do we get to today? Prime Minister Theresa May has spent the last two years trying to get the EU and British Parliament to agree on an exit strategy. British lawmakers have not been easy to deal with. They voted her deal down twice and told her to go back to the EU and negotiate. The EU said, we're done. But last week, the EU cut her some slack and gave May an extension on the final March 29th due date. If she could get Parliament to approve her deal, the UK could leave on May 22nd. If she couldn't, the EU said, you gotta be out by April 12th. That's because European parliamentary elections are coming up at the end of May, and the EU wants the Brits out before the ballots are set. British lawmakers said, we want to choose our own adventure. Wednesday, they voted for eight different alternative endings to this Brexit story, but they couldn't actually agree on any of them. Today, Theresa May said, third time's a charm, let's go. And lawmakers said, yeah, no. Mr. Speaker, I think it should be a matter of profound regret to every member of this House that once again, we have been unable to support leaving the European Union So as of today, Brits have not agreed to what will happen when they leave the EU. On Monday, Parliament's going to go back to the alternative plans they voted on this week to see if they can agree on something, so that the alarm bells don't start ringing on April 12th. So what does a no-deal Brexit scenario actually mean? One of the things that everyone's expecting right off the bat is gridlock. Literally, cars and trucks backed up on highways, ships waiting in line along the English Channel. That's because when the UK leaves the EU, the doors get locked. No more open borders between the UK and the rest of Europe. All of the goods going back and forth to the UK will have to go through customs, and there will be passport checks. The UK has actually been preparing for this. People have been stockpiling things like toilet paper and food, and even medicine. The UK has warned drug companies that they expect six months of reduced access to main trade routes. And there are big concerns about the economy. Right now, the UK is part of the EU's single market. That's a trade deal where the EU countries basically acted like they're all in one country. 
with no tariffs for sending goods from one country to the next. With the UK leaving the EU, Brits could see prices go up on a lot of goods from Europe or see shortages. British lawmakers have come up with a plan to try to keep prices from shooting up. The UK is going to eliminate tariffs on most goods coming into the country, temporarily, until things settle down. And the place that's really important is between Ireland, which is part of the EU, and Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK. We've talked about the violent history along that Irish border before. Right now, people can travel freely between the two Irelands, and the UK wanted to stay drama-free. The UK has said they won't put tariffs on European goods crossing into Northern Ireland over that border, but some say that puts the border at risk for becoming a smuggling route. And farmers in Northern Ireland say they'll be subject to EU tariffs going the other way, which they say will hurt them. So this border will be an issue. The UK is also giving banks in the EU time to decide whether they want to continue serving British customers. Otherwise, they'll have to close up shop. And no deal means the sterling, the UK's currency, could hit its lowest level in over 20 years. Which brings us to what are the broader ramifications for people in the UK? One of the main benefits for people who live in the EU is freedom. Freedom to travel across most of Europe without a visa. Freedom to drive in any country. Freedom to use your phone anywhere without worrying about roaming fees. If the UK doesn't come up with some kind of plan before April 12th, that all goes away. Instantly. Brits will need new paperwork to drive cars, flights are probably going to get more expensive, and roaming fees might be back. The EU is trying to make things a little easier on everyone. They're letting Brits make short visits to EU countries without a visa. But if they're staying for more than three months at a time, they'll need one. So what's the skim? On a global level, Brexit was already causing a lot of chaos. But a no-deal Brexit has everyone on edge. For the U.S., major American banks have considered the U.K. to be a home away from home. But if the U.K. exits the EU without a deal, it could hurt markets. Market regulators in the U.S. and the U.K. announced today that they have a plan to work together even if there's no deal. To be clear, just because the U.K. and the EU are getting divorced doesn't mean they don't want to stay friends. And very few lawmakers in the U.K. think a no-deal Brexit is a good idea. It's a no-win for everyone. Coming up... Unicorns on Wall Street. It was a wild day. That story's next. So clearly there's a lot going on in the world. You know what else is going on? Taxes. Yep, tax season is in full swing. But FYI, it's not a season that you can just write off. H&R Block can help you face the form so W-2s don't become WTFs. From a little help to all the help, H&R Block makes filing easy. Whether you want to do it yourself or get help from a tax pro you've got options. Visit H&R Block in person or online today to get started. You've probably heard the word unicorn more than normal this week. No, people aren't talking about the next Fantastic Beast movie. They're talking about Lyft and its debut, its initial public offering. This morning on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. The rideshare company went public with over 32 million shares priced at $72 a share. But they opened today at over $87 a share. That's how much demand there was. So yeah, there's a lot of excitement about Lyft and other companies like it. Today, here are three things to know about the liftoff of unicorn IPOs. First, unicorns are privately held startups valued at over a billion dollars. Naming them after a mythical creature kind of makes the point. 
This was not supposed to be a common thing. But as of January this year, there are over 300 unicorns out there. Today, Lyft is actually valued at $24 billion, making it a decacorn. That's what you call a company valued at over $10 billion. But until today, Lyft's funding has come completely from private investors. With this initial public offering, IPO, normal people like us can buy a piece of the company. That extra cash comes at a price. Public companies have to share a lot more of their financial information with the world. Lyft going public is kind of historic. It's the first time a gig economy company, one that relies on contract or freelance work, is going big on Wall Street. Here's Lyft's co-founder and president, John Zimmer, at the ceremony this morning talking about how people first reacted to their business plan. In those early days, we were told we were crazy to think people would ride in each other's personal vehicles. Which brings us to the second thing you need to know. Lyft is just the first of a few big tech companies to go public this year. And a lot of experts are expecting 2019 to be the biggest year for American tech IPOs since the dot-com boom. At least three other tech decacorns are expected to go public. Slack, Airbnb, and Lyft's main competitor, Uber. Uber is expected to be one of the top five biggest IPOs ever. The third thing you need to know, this IPO is making some people really rich really fast. The Lyft co-founders are now worth hundreds of millions of dollars each. And because Lyft has a dual-class share structure, they own 5% of the shares, but still control 49% of the voting power. A lot of their employees also became millionaires overnight, which is great for them, but is going to have a big impact on San Francisco where they're based. Experts think these upcoming IPOs are going to wreak havoc on the housing market. The average price of a single-family home there could skyrocket to about $5 million. But you might not want to start up a conversation with your next Lyft driver about the IPO. It's not going to change their lives much. Only full-time employees and some long-time drivers were offered stock options. The rest of the contract and part-time drivers say they're still barely making a living wage. But now that Lyft is public, there may be more scrutiny over how they treat their drivers when it comes to wages, benefits, and working conditions. And now, we asked you to call in with your nominations for who you think we should spotlight as our Woman of the Week. We got some great suggestions. But one voicemail really stood out. I would like to nominate a wonderful woman. March is Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Month. And Melissa called to tell us about her friend of more than 15 years, Lakeisha, who she says is an MS warrior. She's a fighter, and she's an amazing friend, amazing soror. And she's always striving to help others in everything regardless of how she feels, regardless of what she's up against. MS damages nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord. More than 2.3 million people around the world have the disease. Melissa told us Lakeisha was diagnosed three years ago. And even though there have been other health issues in her family, Lakeisha hasn't stopped trying to help others. She's a mentor to young people and works to raise money and awareness for a bunch of different causes. So I want to honor her and say that I love her and I want to honor her before the world. We've loved listening to all of your voicemails about the warriors in your lives. Thank you so much for calling in. Since it's the end of Women's History Month, this is our last Woman of the Week segment. But we want to keep hearing from you. Actually, right away. Next Tuesday is Equal Pay Day, and we want to hear your stories of how you fought for equal pay at work. Give us a call at 646-461-6370 and leave us a voicemail. That phone number is also in the show notes. 
And that's all for Skim This. Thank you so much for spending time with us this week. And a lot of news happens over the weekend. So if you want to catch up before work on Monday, sign up for our free morning newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's got everything you need to know to start your day. You can get it at theskim.com. We'll be back here Monday afternoon. So to keep us in your podcast feed, make sure you hit subscribe and share the show with your friends. And we'd love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.